0: Welcome to Baseball America's College Podcast. Baseball America, bringing you baseball news you can't get anywhere else for more than 35 years. Now it's time to talk college baseball. Welcome to the Baseball America College Podcast. I'm Teddy Cahill. We've got Mike Lunana here, and we want to thank you for tuning in to to the podcast today. Our college podcasts are sponsored by Health IQ. Health IQ, helping health-conscious people get lower rates on their life insurance. Visit healthiq.com slash BA to see if you qualify. Now, Mike, uh, we're sitting here on another Monday morning. Um, we're about halfway through the season, uh, and we've got another new top 25. And Florida remains number one this week, but the top five beyond Florida looks a little bit different in the Baseball America top 25 powered by Louisville Slugger.
1: It looks a lot different. Yeah, it's, uh, last night's call again was another interesting one. We have NC State at number two in our poll, which is their highest ever top 25 ranking for us at, at Baseball America. And you know what? I mean, there wasn't that much debate about it last night.
0: No, I mean, uh, they're leading the ACC. They've sold possession of first place in the ACC. They're 11 and four in the conference. They, uh, you know they they've won every weekend. They you know keep doing it against uh, you know good looking competition. Obviously the sweep of Clemson earlier. They this week go to uh, Louisville and and win two out of three and and, and they just keep rolling and they're twenty five and six and here we are with uh with the Wolf at number two.
1: Yeah, I mean, and you look at their resume and as you just noted, I mean. There's really nothing that you could point to and, and, and say, okay, no, they didn't come through this weekend, or you know, it, it it's been amazing what they've done to this point. Um, you know, the ACC going into this year, we thought that the powers of the ACC were going to be Florida State and Clemson and Carolina and uh, Louisville, who you know obviously went to Omaha a year ago and was very highly ranked coming in. State knocks them out of the rankings this weekend, which is a bit strange to see, given the success that Louisville has had since they've joined the ACC especially. But it, it's really kind of a changing of the guard in the ACC right now. Maybe, I mean, we have Duke at number 10 as well, which is also their highest ever ranking for us. So it's it's been interesting to see, you know, how the that conference has been shaken out so far to this point.
0: Yeah, I mean, I personally wouldn't go to uh, the changing of the guard yet I think this is a great NC State team that's really old um, yeah and uh, they have some good underclassmen players and Will Wilson and Brad Debo but this is a really old veteran group you know they had several seniors come back frankly because they didn't have the junior years they they wanted to have um, but they're they're playing much better this year as seniors and you know so that lineup, is really old it's really dangerous they know what they're doing out there they have a lot of college baseball under their belt and then they have two seniors in their uh in their weekend rotation in in johnny piedmont and, and brian brown and johnny piedmont's on his sixth year of college baseball uh due to some injuries and uh brian brown has been in uh been a mainstay in the Wolfpack's rotation for a really long time and he's having an exceptional senior season Uh, I mean, when, when I look at this team, I mean, really the only thing that I see wrong is they don't have an ace and it's cost them for the last three weeks. They've lost on Friday, but they've come back to win the series each of the, you know, each time. Um, and you know, they, they're getting it done because, you know, again, they, they're following they've Piedmont and Brown throwing on the, the second two days of the weekend and it's working for them. um. You know, and I wonder how that plays ultimately in the postseason. But the thing is that the way they're trending right now, they're they're trending towards a top eight seed, uh, and, and all the the good things that come with that. You know, which most notably would be that you have home field through super regionals, and that you're going to get an easier draw uh, in, in your regional, and then theoretically in your super as well. And so maybe maybe it doesn't even matter. maybe the the fact that they don't have a true race won't won't matter. Um, you know eventually in Omaha, you know that that kind of thing shakes itself out, but
1: it, it usually it generally gets exposed. In yeah Omaha, I mean that, that it, it will
0: become a problem then, but until then, you know I mean they can they can keep doing doing it the way they've been doing it, I feel like.
1: Yeah, and, you know, I'm a believer in Brian Brown. I mean, his ERA before this weekend was still below one. It was 0. .41, I believe. Now it's it's 1.11. Trade him, release him. Done. Done. It's over. Um, he's, you know... He was he,
0: leading the country in ERA coming into
1: this weekend. I don't,
0: I don't know where it stands now.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's still... Uh, I, would, I would say it ranks pretty competitively, I would, <laughs> I would imagine. Um, and, yeah, he's a guy who, granted, I mean, he's not going to light up the radar gun you know, he's going to top out at 87-88 on a, on a good day. But the thing with him is he's such a competitor. He pitches fearlessly. He's got a lot of movement on his pitches, a lot of late run on his two-seam fastball. He's not afraid to pitch inside and up in the zone. He's got a, a Bugs Bunny change-up. You know, he's he's the kind of pitcher who, on the college level, thrives, the kind of pitcher that can really... You know, lead a team, and and to me, even though he's pitching on Sundays, I, I don't think there's any question that he's been their ace to this point in terms of performance.
0: I mean, he's certainly pitching it like it. I, I looked it up. He is tied for or he is seventh in the country in ERA with that 1.11. Very very impressive stuff from the senior. And and Piedmont's been been solid for them as well. And he has. And they, and they, they have some depth to the bullpen. They they have the ability to, to mix and match a little bit out there.
1: Yeah, no, and that and that's something that they've done. You know, the past two years, they really haven't had a solid one through three on the weekend. You know, it's something they've done. They've had a lot of bullpen days, a lot of Johnny Holstaff days, and they have the depth to do that. You know, I I still think for their chances to make a deep run, it'd be good to, you know, establish at least one more guy at the very least. Ideally, you want to come in with four starters that you can trust, but to at least establish one more guy, whether that's Michael Beeline, who has the stuff to do it, or someone else in here, maybe one of these freshmen, you never know. Um, you know I I think ultimately you know that's that's the thing I still look at with them as as their biggest weakness but at the same time it hasn't impacted them to this point this year given what they've done and for that that's why they're number two in a poll right now. Yeah
0: it's uh, it's really been incredible Um, so following State as uh, Stanford at three Arkansas at four, uh, Ole Miss at five, and Arkansas made a big jump this week. They'd been uh, number nine a week ago, Uh, but they come back home after playing probably the toughest two-week stretch any team in the country will play this year uh, when they went to Florida and to Ole Miss on back-to-back weekends. They went two and four in those series, um, lost three of the four games by one run, uh, but they got back home, and they got back to winning uh, in, in a big way. And they went 5-0 and last week. They swept Auburn. Uh, they had a walk-off on, on Sunday to finish off the sweep. And they are now in first place in the SEC West. Um, they catapulted Ole Miss, which uh, is a pretty significant part of the reason why they catapulted Ole Miss uh, in the rankings this week. And Arkansas just continues to be very, very impressive um, you know those those two series losses. I mean, they they are they're really tough. And in both cases, Arkansas was in those games in those series right to the end. They had the the tying run in scoring position in the rubber game in, in both at both Florida and at Ole Miss, and um, they weren't able to get it done. But you know they, they're now six and zero in conference play at home for the first time since 1990. And they haven't been doing it against the bad part of the SEC, whatever that would be. But they, they did it against. There's the, no real bad. Part. There's not. But but they did it against Kentucky and Auburn. And you know, obviously Kentucky is still a, a, a team that we think really high of. They're in the top 15. Auburn's still a top 25 team. Uh, and, and they're six and zero against those teams. And uh, it, it's really impressive. And that's why they're they're sitting at eight and four in the conference.
1: Yeah, no, it's definitely, you know, the way they've responded to these these last few weekends, uh, obviously, I mean, you look at the slate of games that they played, there's nothing tougher. No one has faced a tougher schedule than Arkansas has these last few weeks. Um, And to see them pull off the sweep against Auburn this weekend, that certainly was a very loud statement by the Razorbacks. And it was the kind of potential that we saw in them, and certainly you wrote the piece on them in the preseason, the cover story on them, I mean, this is the Arkansas team that we expected, and they're, they're playing to those expectation levels. And you know, so on the
0: cover of the Baseball America College preview, if you haven't seen it, is, uh, it's, it's Blaine Knight and Grant Cook, um, Arkansas's ace and their catcher. And, and Blaine Knight, over these last four weeks, has been very, very impressive. Um, he's beaten now four straight fellow preseason All-Americans. Uh, he beat Sean jelly of Kentucky. He beat Brady Singer of Florida. That was Singer's first loss this year. Uh, he beat Ryan Rollison of Ole miss. And then he beat Casey Mize this weekend. Um, and you know, Casey Mize obviously looking like the, the favorite to be the number one overall pick. All the, all four of those guys could be first rounders, certainly top 40 picks. Um, and Knight has, is been the ball. He's now six and O with a one nine ERA or something like that. And, um, 48 strikeouts and 42 innings he he has really been what they need him to be and getting him back he was a draft eligible sophomore last year getting him back for his junior year uh, is a huge part of why we thought Arkansas was going to be good coming into this year it's a huge part of why they are good and uh, you know so he he's been very impressive and um, when I spoke with coach Dave Van Horn last night uh, you know, he said that, that the difference he sees in Blaine this year is, is his maturity and his mound presence has really improved. That he's not letting the little things bother him. He's just going out there and, and taking care of business and being the leader that they need on Friday nights. And um, you know, Arkansas has a great pitching staff behind Knight. They have a great offense, but what he's doing on Friday nights to keep them in the game against these really tough pitchers is—it's uh, it, it's been everything Arkansas needed to this point.
1: Yeah, there's there's no doubt, and it, it speaks to you know that that role that you're talking about against those aces. I mean, what comes to my mind is again, I mean, just the depth of aces in the SEC <laughs> yes. right now. You know, the fact that you can have that you know, role. <laughs> you know, it's just you don't see that in a lot of conferences right now. Just. The, the amount of surefire aces, you know, that's something we've talked about a little bit with, you know, the ACC. You don't see it quite as many. And, yeah, I think that's the case uh, really. I mean, nationally, I mean, it's really just a cluster of aces in the SEC right now. And, uh, of course, you know, some out in the West Coast as well. But
0: And Blaine Knight's not the, done. He still has one more preseason
1: All-American face.
0: He still has to face Connor Pilkington yeah. at Mississippi State. There, there's one more out there. And then, <laughs> I mean, like the rest of, the rest of them are not going to be cakewalks either. They just happen not to be preseason All-Americans. But the, the other thing that's very interesting about Arkansas to this point is that it feels like the toughest part of their schedule is done now. Um, that's not to say the rest of this will be easy by any means. Again, the SEC is, is very difficult. But when you look at it and you see that they've already played Kentucky and Florida and Ole Miss and Auburn. I mean, what what they have left is South Carolina, Mississippi State, LSU, A and M, and Georgia. And again, th- those are not going to be easy series. But they they also, you know, I having played what they played, it was so difficult. They're they're past that, and they're still winning the West. You know, so I think they're set up very well now uh, for the, for the stretch run.
1: Yeah, no doubt, no doubt. And you know, obviously, I mean, we've we've talked a lot about these top five teams here, I think as notable as the addition of NC State and Arkansas is the top five, I think the subtraction of Oregon State is just as notable given what they did last year and obviously what they had done so far this year. I mean, they're
0: the number one team two weeks, three weeks ago, something like that, and, and, yeah. and now they are sitting at 11.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a precipitous fall, and it's it's a bit stunning to see you know, really, how they've done these last couple of weekends. I mean, now they've lost two Pac-12 series after winning all of them last year, going 27 and three. You know, and the the two teams they lost to, I mean, losing to Utah, we, we talked about that. You know, on the last podcast about that series, how surprising that was. Arizona, good team, talented team, a little bit a little bit younger, not quite as as stacked as it, as it was a couple of years ago when they went to the. The final in the College World Series, but still not an easy an easy opponent by any stretch. But just to see the way they're losing these games to, really blown out on that Saturday game, fifteen to four against Arizona, seems like I mean, an, is this a, a time for Beaver fans to panic a little bit? Do you think, or what's your view of what's going on in Corvallis right now?
0: You know, it's uh, it's difficult to to well, it's not difficult to figure.
1: Um,
0: I, I think it's pretty clear to me uh, what's happening, but it is surprising to see. And, uh, you know, we talked about it last week that the pitching just hasn't been very consistent right now, and um, that caught up with them again this weekend. Bryce Femmel went out on uh, on Friday and threw a really good game against Arizona. They won that game. Then they have Luke Heimlich coming back the, the next day, and Arizona really got to him. And, uh, you know, that set up a rubber game on Sunday, and Arizona doesn't have a third starter really right now. Randy LeBeau, who had kind of established himself as that, was was really coming on strong. Um, he's out for the year. He had a, a, a surgery on his leg to relieve a, a kind of scary con- uh, condition uh, a couple weeks ago. And so he's out for the year. And Arizona winds up basically bullpenning it against the defending conference champions in a rubber game. And they win. A- and they win because they, they were able to keep it close with that, you know the seven pitchers uh held oregon state to five runs but oregon state last year uh and earlier this year if they're scoring five runs that's it you know that they've won but this year that's not the case and arizona was able to to get to the pitchers a little bit and and they pull out a win at home and uh it was a really significant win for arizona but from a oregon state perspective i mean to me it's a you know, the pitching staff was so elite a year ago, that wasn't sustainable.
1: No, I mean, they pitched at an otherworldly level. It was an
0: under-two team ERA. That's not sustainable. Yeah. Uh, we knew that wasn't going to be sustainable. But right now, they aren't pitching even close to that. And, you know, guys that, that you figure they could count on are, you know, they're, they're scuffling right now. And I think that is the, the biggest thing. Um, obviously, taking Nick Madrigal out of the lineup is, uh, you know, that that's not a positive. Um, but to me, they're scoring enough runs right now. And, and having Madrigal, uh, you know, th- just the way he plays, the kind of leader he is, uh, you know, I, I know that's a, a game changer. But...
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't think offense is the problem. No, right
0: now, I, I yeah, I just don't think... Offense is the issue there with I mean, or without Madrigal. I
1: mean, they're slashing as a team 304, 400, 455, which is pretty good. That's good <laughs> enough. <laughs> yeah, that, that, that should get that's the job good done. Um, that should get the job done. So, yeah, I mean, their team, you know, they go from an under two ERA last year to this year, 3.74 right now. So, they're, that's quite the contrast.
0: It is. And, you know, it, that. That's taken into account, you know, the early part of the season when they were still pitching very well. It's, it's mm-hmm. really been in the last month, I would say, that this has developed. And, um, you know, I, I don't know the causes of it.
1: Um, in, Pac-12 play, in Pac-12 play, they have a 5.18 ERA.
0: I mean, that's, that's not good enough, flat out. It's, and uh, it's not, There's, you know, I mean, and they're
1: still hitting well. the The slash line is is still there, but the the pitching it's it's hard to to score, you know, at that high of a rate when you're you know giving up five runs a game from your starters. And you know, I mean,
0: the, earlier in the week too, they uh, they were playing Nevada a couple midweeks, and they won both the games, but they needed walk offs and extra innings to get it done. In both those cases, they were trailing. Uh, late in the game, I believe even in the ninth inning, and um, if Nevada had Nevada had miscues in both games in the outfield, defensive miscues, and they don't have those, Nevada might have swept them midweek and uh, in Corvallis. Um, and, and that's all of this together just means that Oregon State had a really bad two week period. Um, I still think that this team gets it figured out. the The talent exists on the pitching staff. Um, they're too good not to figure it out, I feel like, but it also, you know, that result combined with the fact that UCLA beat Stanford this weekend means the PAC 12 has suddenly very much tightened, uh, this race for the, for the title. And, um, you know, you're, you're looking at a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about this being a, a two horse race, uh, with Stanford and, and Oregon state setting up for a, a heavyweight title fight and now it just looks like a cage match.
1: Yeah, no, it's it's definitely I mean, you look at the Pac-12 and it's hard to separate some of these teams right now. Um, you know, and obviously, I mean, we felt very good about Stanford, but UCLA wins that series this weekend.
0: And they won it
1: by scoring a whole
0: bunch of runs. Yeah. They scored 26 runs, I believe it is this weekend, which is if you t- if you had added up the the most runs Stanford had allowed in any games, the three games Uh, through the first 25 games of the season, you get 26 runs. UCLA did that in a weekend.
1: Yeah, and now they're sitting in first in the Pac-12 because of it. And, uh, yeah, it's a a bit interesting, the the whole conference right now. Um, You have Washington that's sitting there half a game back, although they just lost this weekend to ECU, obviously a non-conference series. Um, you know, but figuring out, you know, Cal's a team I've talked about liking in the past. I mean, you and I were talking before the podcast, they could be in some trouble, potentially they're sitting at number 97 RPI. It puts really heavy weight on their series against Stanford in a, in a couple of weeks. And I mean, really, I mean, you have Utah in sixth place, even though they're eight and 22 overall. I mean, it's, it's, I mean, the, it's the, the
0: conference as a whole, all 11 teams within four games of each other and yeah one through one through five all within or one through four rather all within one game of each other and and that's just the way i think this league is going to be this year at this point you know and and i know this is a huge change in tone just in the last two weeks and you know maybe stanford and oregon state get it figured out and, and they just hit the accelerator from here on out but uh i i feel like this is setting up to be a you know just a you know, of another very tight race out West.
1: Yeah. You know, I still, I still do have a lot of belief in Stanford. Um, You know, it's, it is their first losing weekend this year. So I don't want to overreact a little, you know, too much with them. Um, I I do think in looking at their slate the next few weekends, I mean, I do think that they have the chance to still be, you know, the team, uh, the, the team that can maybe build a little bit of a cushion over these next few weekends. But We'll see. I mean, they still have a series against Oregon State that they need to play. You know, the the Cal series won't be easy. You know, they finish at Washington, so uh, I'm I'm certainly interested to see how this shakes out. I thought it did look had the look of a two or three team race, but as you said, it's a lot more muddled now.
0: Uh, you know, I also wanted to mention Arizona here. Um, you can read more about the, the whole Pac-12 race and in off the bat over at BaseballAmerica.com. But when I when I was looking at Arizona last night, um, First of all, I was they made a 50 point jump in RPI by beating Oregon State this week. Uh so they went from being kind of in trouble to now they're they're right around 50 and they're they're now in a great range again. Uh and the schedule really favors them here. Um you know, everyone plays everyone in the Pac-12, so it's not like you know, in the SEC where it might be in the ACC where it's a matter of who your crossovers are or whatever and like it's a true round robin out out west but arizona got oregon state at home they get stanford at home they get ucla at home yeah um and so they have it sets up very well for them they like playing in tucson they're 16 and 2 at home this season and the these powers that we expect to to be competing for the title they all come to arizona this year and Um, you know, so if they, if they have strained out some of the offensive issues they had early on, and it sure seems like they have, um, this is a team that's dangerous and, you know, they're sitting at four and five in the conference right now because they got swept at UW to open Pac-12 play. But if they can just keep doing what they've been doing over the last few weekends, they're going to be in the mix at the end.
1: I mean, it, it is sort of reminiscent of 2016 for them because, they're a team in 2016 that really caught fire in the middle, in the heart of that Pac-12 schedule is when they, things really started picking up for them. They started building some momentum. That was Jay Johnson's first year as the head coach there. And they end up going to, you know, a game away from from winning at all in Omaha. So, you know, you look at, at what they did this weekend against Oregon State, Very impressive series win. I'm sure they're feeling pretty good in that locker room right now based on what they did this past weekend. It will be interesting to see if they can go on a a similar kind of run now that you mentioned their RPI is in. You know, really good shape at, at 52. You know that that'll play. That that you know they have something more to work with there than say Cal does with an, an RPI in the 90s right now. So uh, I'm I'm interested to see if they're able to go on a little bit of a run here and maybe replicate you know the success they had a couple of years ago. Um, because last year they were a little bit of a younger team, more of a transition. Now they're a little bit older. So we'll we'll see. It it seems like uh, Jay Johnson is certainly starting to push the right buttons there and getting that team turned around. So. We'll see how they, they fare the next few weeks here in Pac-12 play. Yeah, I mean, the Pac-12 is going to be
0: very interesting to watch, uh, and we're uh, we're going to be doing it. But right now, we have a word from our sponsor, Health IQ. How would you like to save money for being active and physically fit? Like saving money on your car insurance for being a good driver, Health IQ saves you money on your life insurance for, saving, or for living a health-conscious lifestyle. To see if you qualify... Get your free quote today at healthiq.com BA or call 1-800-549-1664 to talk to a Health IQ agent and mention the promo code BA for savings. Now, uh, so we mentioned Oregon State falls to 11 in the top 25. Um, we look a little further down here. And we see Oklahoma made a jump to 15 Ooh. after beating uh, TCU. They're, they're leading the Big 12 at 8-1. and one. And we also had another Big 12 team uh, come into the rankings. And uh, Oklahoma fans will be familiar with this team. Uh, I believe it's a, a rivalry there. <laughs> um, and they're going to play this weekend. we got Texas checking in at 24, and they have the Red River Rivalry. Uh,
1: this weekend, that's what they call in football. Anyway, what, what's what's with all these alliterative R's? By the way, tangent, side note, because <laughs> we we have there's also South Carolina Clemson plays the Reedy River rivalry. Right, I which got,
0: which is the bigger tongue twister for you?
1: I think Reedy River rivalry. Yeah, that one's impossible. Reedy, and then there's Red River rivalry. Red River rivalry. Yeah. Red River, ri- Red River just, rivalry. So this, maybe maybe Reedy Red River, River rivalry. I, how about this? Tweet me a video of, <laughs> of you saying one of these rivalry names. See if you could say it three or four or five times, and if you can do it, or if it's just hilarious, I'll retweet you because, oh, my God. I mean, that's, they're a little tough to say. But anyway, yes, yes, tangent. Texas is in the rankings at number 24. They've, they've turned things around. They hit a little bit of a rough patch earlier in this year, um, obviously against really good competition. They lost a series to LSU. They lost a series to Stanford. And uh, they swept Baylor this weekend, which Baylor was a team that we were talking about as, as a team on the rise just, you know, a couple of weeks ago. I mean,
0: that's a team that, that beat Texas Tech to yeah. open Big 12 play and has since been swept by both Texas and Oklahoma.
1: Yeah. so Finger the Big 12 out. <laughs> yeah, no, the Big 12, I mean, it's, it's a lot, I and mean, it's also... You know, uh, talking about, you know, the notable Oregon State slipping a little bit, Louisville coming out of the rankings uh, for the first time since they've been in the ACC. And then you have TCU, a team that's been in Omaha for four straight years, um, beat, beaten this weekend by Oklahoma, you know, suddenly, I mean, they're hovering around 500, they're 15 and 13. They're in trouble. Yeah. Uh,
0: you know, it's crazy to think about that, given that, you know, like you mentioned, four straight yeah. Omaha trips coming into the year, I certainly thought uh, they had what it took to to get back. And frankly, I still do. Um, but they're going to have to play a lot better. Their RPI is sitting at 85. They're 4 and 5 in the conference, they're 15 and 13
1: overall. Like, it's uh it's, it's it's surprising.
0: Yeah, and it's it it comes down to the starting pitching which was supposed to be the strength of this team, uh but you know the Oklahoma really jumped on those guys this weekend. Yeah, and uh, you know they were able to win a series in Fort Worth, and I mean that, that's huge for for Oklahoma. I mean they're sitting at eight and one in the conference. They they ran their conference record to eight and zero before losing on Sunday, and that was the first time they'd been eight and zero in a conference play since 1984. Um, and that was it was also significant this weekend because Oklahoma had not. Played a true road series before. They went on a, the road opening weekend for a, a tournament at Coastal uh, where they went one and three. And then they had been in Norman the rest of the season. And so they finally go out on the road rest of, rest of the weekend series. Uh, they finally go out on the road for a weekend series and they prove that it's not just home cooking that they can win on the road.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, and, uh, you know, looking, digging deeper into TCU, you mentioned starting pitching issues. You know, uh, a big reason why I thought they still had a, a chance this year, given everything that they lost from a, a senior-laden team last year, was, you know, you, you expect a guy like Nick Lodolo to take a jump, you know, given he was a highly uh, touted guy coming in, a left-hander with stuff. You know, he's 4-2 with the 5.09 ERA right now. It just, hasn't had the consistency and then Sean Weimer a guy who you know last year pitched in the bullpen for them but was a guy who they identified you know had one of the highest spin rates on the on the team had really good stuff um And
0: he it was a multi-inning bullpen role.
1: Yeah, and he he's a guy who it, it made a lot of sense that he would take that jump and be in the weekend rotation. And he's had flashes this year, certainly, but, you know, he's one and two with a 4.93. Jerry, Jared Janzek has been Jared Janzak. He's, he's been dependable, but even still the even, numbers. Even he hasn't
0: been though. I mean, yeah. like that, that's a guy that has Friday experience and, and has been the Friday starter on multiple Omaha teams. And it hasn't been the same Jared Janzik. It's, it's fine, but it's not, it's not the same. And, you know, they, uh, they moved him off of Friday this week. They put Lodolo there to try that out. And, um, you know, it just it they haven't found the right recipe yet, and and the bullpen is is solid right now. It, it's really, you know, that you can point to other parts of the team, but considering what the strength of this team was supposed to be or thought it was supposed to be, um, you know, it, it kind of sits on on the starters, and um, you know, TCU's is going to go as far as those starters, and yep. the the few veterans that are are in the lineup will take them, and uh, you know, so. We'll see what that happen, where where that goes in the second half, but as we sit now, they're not in a good spot.
1: No, but certainly it's it's gonna be interesting. I mean the series Oklahoma and Texas this weekend, you know, Red River rival, Red River rivalry. Red River rival the Red River rivalry between Oklahoma and Texas this weekend. It's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. I mean, they're two teams. I mean, you look at their metrics in terms of RPI, their record Everything very very similar, very close. They're both in the thirties in RPI. Oklahoma is twenty three and eleven overall. Texas is twenty two and twelve. Texas is only half a game back in the in the conference standings at this point from Oklahoma. They're nine and three in the conference. So this could be. I mean, potentially. I mean, there's still a long way to go, but this could be a big factor in deciding who eventually wins this conference.
0: Absolutely. I mean, Oklahoma season the regular season anyway, is the next three weeks. They're home to Texas, they go to Texas Tech, then they have uh, Bedlam uh, with Oklahoma State. And over the next three weeks, it's going to be determined whether the Sooners win this conference or not. Because if they play well here in these next three weeks, I mean, they close, they still have Kansas State and Kansas after that, Mm -hmm. uh, with a non-conference series at UCF thrown in the middle. Uh, But if they, you know, they, they already are sitting three games ahead of texas tech they're a game and a half ahead of the the cowboys um you know they have a chance this weekend to to move you know to separate themselves from the Longhorns a little bit um you know these next three weeks are going to be critical as they play teams that are right now two three and four in the conference
1: right and of course uh you know texas tech isn't going to just let them run away with this conference here i mean They'll be hosting Oklahoma, um, which that's going to be another can't miss series in the Big 12. They're coming off a series win at Kansas, which is a, a team that we've talked about a little bit, a team that we like, and you know they're playing Kansas State this weekend, which should be a series that they should win, uh, given what Kansas State has done this year. So it's going to be. Interesting but even that, K State a week ago, beat Texas. So, you know,
0: I mean, the Big 12, it, it's hard to to write off anyone at this point. True. Um, you know, it, it, this is the, I, I, I feel this way definitely in the, the, the SEC and, and in the Pac-12 and, and the same way here that anyone I, on any weekend can win a series, that these races are, are going to be tight. Uh, there's already been some delineation and, and maybe you would say that, well, you know, Baylor's saying at six and a half games behind Oklahoma like are, are, can they really compete against some of these teams they, they got swept the last two weekends but yes they beat Texas Tech so yeah like Baylor, we, Baylor's an interesting case. we, we have yeah. proof right. that they <laughs> can do it and uh, you know so I it, it's a it's a tough league and it's got some tough road trips in it and um, you know so the it, it's gonna be interesting here over the next two months
1: yeah no I mean it, it certainly is worth noting that right now as it stands they rank number two in terms of conference RPI and which
0: frankly i remain surprised by
1: yeah and it's there is
0: one team in this conference that has a top 20 rpi
1: yeah it's not so much that they're they're being carried by you know multiple teams i mean it's more just uh, just from top to bottom it's it's really a a rigorous rigorous conference this year i mean as as you said you really don't know who's going to win on any given weekend so but certainly oklahoma texas all eyes are going to be on that series this weekend without a doubt
0: yeah that's going to be a fun one um you know, and so the other team that moved into the top 25, North Carolina, is back. Uh, that's a team that ranked sixth preseason. Uh, yeah. And then they went away. And, uh, and now what they're back. <laughs> what they've done since they went away is won 14 of their last 18. And this weekend, they won a series at Miami for the first time since 2008. Yeah. That, that had been a thorn in Mike Fox and the Tar Heels side for a long time. And finally, in Jim Morris's last year, they uh, they get it out.
1: Yeah, no, they they have not had success at Miami at all as I mean clearly as, as the numbers <laughs> as the numbers show. I didn't realize that it hadn't been since 2008. I just know anecdotally every time they've gone down to Miami it hasn't ended well for them. The, over the last few years, so yeah, I mean they're they're rolling right now. You know, the, they also beat South Carolina during the week, eleven to three, in that that yearly uh, game that they're playing in Charlotte. I don't know why the Gamecocks
0: continue to allow that game to be. Played. It hasn't ended well for them. It's been it's, it's a been great rough. game. <laughs> they put they pack the ballpark in Charlotte and. So I, I I don't have the numbers in front of me, uh, but I saw it earlier. It's something like they're getting outscored by like forty runs over the last three years in that game.
1: Yeah, it's it, it hasn't been it hasn't been pretty for South Carolina, no question there. But yeah, I mean you look at UNC's resume, and you know they did scuffle a little bit out of the gate. But, you know, the, the resume, though, is looking better and better, I think, by the week. I mean, clearly we have them in our, our top 25 now. The, the opening s- series at South Florida that they won is looking better and better. South Florida continues to play well. They're 21-11. and 11. And, uh, you know, the series lost to ECU does looks better um, given what they've done. You know, they're now in the top 10. Um, and then, you know, series losses at Louisville into Florida State. I mean, if you're going to lose series in the ACC, those are the teams to lose to. So, you know, Carolina seems to be heating up. They'll be going to Virginia this weekend, which Virginia is a team that very much in danger. I mean, they're, they're out of, of the NCAA tournament right now. We are, we are
0: whatever past the panic
1: button is. I think yeah, I've said that before, but we are still out. there with Virginia. Their yeah, I mean their RPI is is 125 right now. They've they've really struggled. And they've they've battled injuries. You know that's not knocking them. It, it is they've, not
0: the team that we thought they were going. to. Yeah. They, they are much more banged up. Uh, you know, losing two significant pieces and in, in McCarthy and in Cam Simmons and yeah, um, but that's still going to be. I mean that's a that is historically another very tough series for North Carolina. They have success in that series. Um, you know, a little more than they had against Miami, but. You know, those are typically uh, really tight series. The game is going to be more than four hours. I I will promise that.
1: Um, (laughs) Oh yeah, no, it will. And uh, but but they they're they're
0: very tight. They're very uh, tense series. And uh, you know, even though that Virginia is struggling to this point, uh, you know, I I still think that it's going to be an interesting series this weekend. And. You know, UNC is a half game off of Duke in the coastal and, and Duke is finishing its series against Wake Forest tonight. Uh, I believe that's on ESPNU. And you know, so depending on how this goes, North Carolina might go into this weekend in first place in, in its division.
1: Yeah, they very well could. I mean the, the coastal I mean the whole ACC, I mean we're talking about, you know, how difficult the big 12 is to read right now you know the acc it's been tough to read this year too just because teams that were not used to being top 10 teams or top 10 teams of this year um you know i even look at i look at that coastal race right now um you mentioned unc half game back of duke Georgia Tech has also been on a on a good run of late. They got a series win against Florida State. A loud this series win. They
0: finished it with a sixteen to three win in the rubber match on uh, on Sunday.
1: And the thing the thing that really stands out to me about Georgia Tech is they traditionally they always hit. Um, they they're always going to have bats, and that's the case this year. I have a feature on on Joey Bart on their catcher in our latest issue of Baseball America that should be online soon, and. They're continuing to hit, but they've been pitching at a pretty high level. Um, You know, Connor Thomas, their Saturday lefty, threw a complete game, gave up one run against Florida State. You know, Tristan English getting him back has been a nice boost to that rotation. Xavion Curry, um, not so much this weekend, but the past couple weekends had pitched well for them. And, And really, I mean, you look at what they've done in their resume to this point. They were a team. They were on my radar for the top 25. I considered bringing them in this week into my personal top 25, given what they've done. And, And they're close. They're right there. I mean, their series losses, I saw them at NC State, and they were right there with State. They were poised to win that series before State. Mike had that, had that <laughs> written in for, for Georgia Tech already, actually. I, yeah, I, I was, I'm pretty sure that tweet's still
0: there if you want to go find it. Yeah, I, I, <laughs> I definitely,
1: if there are any Georgia Tech fans listening, I jinxed your team. I apologize. I talked up Georgia Tech before the game was over, saying that, hey, I think they're going to be a real threat. And uh, NC State scores, I think it was six runs in the eighth inning to win that game. <laughs> um, but and Brett Kinneman hit like just the craziest bomb. That's the, that I know is on Twitter still to get. Um, but you know in Georgia Tech, they were also swept at Clemson, which again, you don't want to get swept, but if you're gonna get swept by a team in the ACC on the road, Clemson's not, you know, Clemson's very good. So you know, I think Georgia Tech has the talent. Um, obviously the you know the, the coaching experience, um, and, and their schedule, Really is is favorable. I mean, they go to Pittsburgh this weekend. That should be on paper a series win for them. You know, they'll have UNC at home, which is an advantage for them. And then, uh, actually, no, they're going to North Carolina. Never mind. I apologize. That will be a disadvantage for them. Um, but still, the rest of the way, then they have Wake, who still remains below 500 at 13 and 19 and they play Virginia, and then they finish off at Duke. But I think Georgia Tech has a chance here to make some noise. So, And they were in our field of 64 last week, and I, I would imagine that will remain the case this week as well.
0: Before we uh, move off the uh, ACC talk, I, I want to ask you about Louisville. Are we? Are you pressing the panic button on the Cardinals, who are 2011, 6-9 in the ACC, and have lost uh, now four straight series. Now, they're tough series. It was at Wake, Clemson, at Florida State, North Carolina State, uh, but still four straight series losses. The schedule eases up from here, uh, but that also means that their resume, and I'm not suggesting that Louisville is going to miss the postseason, uh, but their resume is going to be pretty light. It's going to be they beat North Carolina, and that's
1: about it. Yeah, I think ultimately I'm not ready to press the panic button yet. Um, obviously, they need to win some series here um, because they haven't. I mean, they've they've lost four straight, which is which is really unexpected to see from them. Even though it was certainly a very tough slate that they faced, I do think looking at their upcoming schedule, I think they're going to finish strong. I think the the record is going to be there to get in. I think it's going to be probably a, a loud record that that. Probably hides some of these issues that they had during the year.
0: I, I definitely think they're getting it.
1: Yeah, they're getting they're getting in, um, but I do think I mean they do have real issues, and you know it's not knocking them. I mean this is similarly to TCU. It's a team that lost a lot, you know, and it's it's a lot to ask a team that loses its cornerstone players from the last few years to repeat the same success because the players they lost are significant. And so for them, I mean, it's they are, a, a, like TCU, a team that's in somewhat of a transition right now. I mean, they have pretty much a whole new weekend rotation this year. They've they've run out, you know, different combinations of that every weekend. They haven't been fully healthy on the mound. You know, the lineup has still changed quite a bit. They're still trying to find the right order, the right pecking order there. So it's really, you know, this is a, a different kind of year. You know, the past couple of years, and, and, and me and Coach McDonald have talked about this, As well, you know, the past couple years, they've had so much depth. You know, it's the the problem was more, okay, which guys, you know, how do we get these guys in here to get them at bats? You know, this year's more, okay, who are the guys? It's just a different, different kind of year for Louisville. And, um, you know, it's impressive, though, still, though, that despite all that, they're still 20-11 and overall, and they're still in a position here to make it to the postseason. It's just, you know for them it's gonna be hard to expect another Omaha run or another deep run in the postseason just given the struggles that they've had and obviously facing this premium competition, how they've fared. So I'm not pressing the panic button, but I'm also not pressing the, the opposite of the panic button, whatever that means. Which may we be. still haven't yeah, we haven't out. figured out a name for that. But yes. I, I think they'll I think they'll weather this storm. I think I mean they're going to Virginia Tech this weekend and they're playing Virginia. I mean it, it lightens it lightens up a bit. Um, going forward, and I think they'll be okay.
0: Yeah, I, I and it's going to be interesting um, with the way their second half works because they could build some momentum here. Um, they have to win these series. Obviously, I, I think they can go on a run. They're, they their really schedule. The, the schedule is there for them to basically run the table in terms of series wins. I think so, um, yeah. but I don't know if that is a good thing because it, you know, builds momentum, builds confidence, and you have that going into the tournament, or if that's a bad thing because all of a sudden you're going to hit the postseason and it's going to be a lot harder potentially, um, you know, to w- when you face, when you go back to facing premium arms, uh, which frankly, like, that's the biggest thing I'm not seeing on the schedule uh, the rest of the way on weekends. That That's where... You know, teams like Virginia Tech and, and Boston College and Pittsburgh fall short this year, right. is That they don't have the high level arms that you will eventually see in the postseason.
1: Yeah, and and I think, I mean, you can make an argument for for both sides of that. There, I, I think you could see it happen either way. Um, it's an interesting philosophical debate. Uh, it, I really, I mean, obviously, there's there's a lot that we don't know. I I think that this could be a good thing for Louisville to you know, take the, I mean, really, I mean, you look at these last few weekends, the pressure's been on. I mean, it's... And they've won a game every weekend. Yeah. They, they... They've been in position... At Florida State, they uh, they nearly had the series
0: won. Sam Bordner, uh, actually, the last two weekends, because they, they, they win the first game uh, this weekend against NC State, and then Sam Bordner blows a save on Saturday um, against Florida State. They lost the first game. They're in position to win the second game. They get walked off on, and then they won on Sunday. I mean, so they're in these series.
1: Yeah, no, they are. And I, I think you know, you play some some lighter competition. Um, some the teams that aren't the elite teams in the ACC, and you use those series to really get healthier to figure out your pecking order a little bit. Obviously, they need to win too. It's it's important to win. But I think there's no doubt that there's a little less pressure facing a team like Virginia Tech than, you know, going to Florida State. Um, And I think that this could be a good opportunity for them to sort of figure out their roles a little bit more on this team and then maybe come postseason, maybe they're clicking, maybe they know, okay, this is what works, these are our guys, and maybe it helps them from that standpoint. But again, you know, the flip side to the argument is, like you said, if they haven't been facing those elite pitchers and those elite teams, how is it going to impact them? Hard to tell. Hard to know, but I do think certainly I'm sure the p- players on that team are uh, feeling at least a little bit more confident knowing that they're, they've gotten the toughest part of their schedule out of the way. And really, I mean, even though they've lost these four straight series, I mean, they've kind of survived it, given the fact that they've won a game in each series and the fact that they're still 20-11 overall and that they still have an RPI inside the top 40. They've survived it. They've weathered the storm. And as long as they take care of business the rest of the way... I, I think you know they're going to be okay, so that's my take on Louisville. Okay, I, I uh,
0: we'll, we'll be watching closely uh, the Cardinals uh, down the stretch here. Even even though I think it's going to be a little more under the radar, you know they're uh, the just the way this sets up, they're going to be under the radar, but they're going to probably quietly be building up some nice some a lot of wins yeah and, no, and we'll,
1: we'll see where that takes them yeah knowing knowing uh coach McDonald and that coaching staff i'm sure they're enjoying this challenge it's a different challenge but i'm, I'm sure um you know they'll enjoy the opportunity to kind of be the underdog for once uh in, in the acc since they joined
0: certainly has not happened much um so mike uh this weekend coming up uh we got we got some interesting series here. We got Oregon state playing Missouri state. Yeah. Uh, that one's a pretty significant series. I feel like, and, and I just wanted to touch on the bears quickly here. Um, you know, that's a team that's kind of been on the edge of the rankings in the Missouri Valley. Um, they haven't really done a whole lot wrong this year. They, uh, they want to see, or they won, uh, the tournament, uh, the Keith Leclerc classic at, at ECU. They, so they have a, a, a weekend win at East Carolina. Um, they also beat Pepperdine and St. Joe's that weekend. Um, lost
1: to St. Joe's. Lost St. Joe. to St. Joe's, excuse
0: me. Also beat Pepperdine that weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, they're just kind of chugging along out there. And then this weekend, Oregon State comes to town. And this is a big chance for the Bears to put something on their resume. You know, plant a, plant a flag in, in the ground and say, yes, we are. we are what our record
1: says we are. I mean really the next 5 games that they play they because yes, it's Missouri it, and then it's bookended by Missouri and Arkansas yeah. Yeah. And they're going to Arkansas so uh and we've uh, we've heard a lot from Missouri State fans as well I mean this is this is the stretch if if Missouri State comes out of these next 5 games well it has a winning record certainly if they take the series against Oregon State this weekend they're in the top 25 I mean I I'm pretty confident in saying that I, I would, I would guess that would be the case. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think they're in. Um, so this is, this is the the weekend. This is the week. This is if you're a Missouri State fan, you gotta, you gotta defend, uh, <laughs> defend your home ground. This is the weekend. And frankly, that's scary for Oregon State, right? Because this Missouri State will have had this weekend circled yeah. since the schedule came out. And, and they're probably seeing what Oregon State has done these yes, past couple and weekends. They are, and they are they're,
0: absolutely looking at that, like blood in the water. They're salivating. And, you know, Oregon State is the one that has to make this trip. It's not an easy trip from Corvallis to Springfield, Missouri. I've never made that myself. I'm going to guess it's not the easiest trip, though.
1: I've made that drive many times, and <laughs> no. <laughs> I mean,
0: you're talking about a team crossing two time zones. It's a, it's a compact series. They're playing a doubleheader as a part of that. And uh, it's an Oregon State team that needs it. Uh, at this point, so I, I think that's going to be a fascinating series to see how those two teams that both really are going to be motivated this weekend, um, how how that plays out, um, and you know it, it has significant implications, um, you know, both on the top twenty-five, but also on the tournament field as as Missouri State tries to build its resume.
1: You know, and on the flip side to that too, kind of similar to what I was talking about with Louisville, I mean, this gives Oregon State sort of, break is too strong of a word, but it gives them a, a chance to not play against Pac-12 competition and not play in a weekend that's going to negatively impact their Pac-12 standing. There so, is a
0: little bit of house money here, right? I mean, yeah. because they don't need this series for their resume. Like, they they can get that elsewhere.
1: Yeah, so this is this is the kind of weekend where maybe they tinker with things a little bit. You know, maybe maybe they shake up the pitching staff a little bit. Maybe they shake things up. Offensively, I mean, who knows? I mean, this would be the weekend. I would imagine that maybe you try a little something, um, you know, so that when you play Oregon the weekend after, you know, maybe you have a different formula than you had for the first part of Pac-12 play. So, I, I'll, it's definitely a lot of intrigue in that series on both sides.
0: Yeah, uh, these uh, I I love the the inter. Uh continental i don't know in your regional uh series uh we had a fun one ecu going to washington we yeah this that
1: one that one is yeah that's
0: <laughs> uh shout out to ecu by the way for for going to washington and winning yeah. another one of these compact series uh had a double header on saturday so the ecu travel was a little easier i guess uh ecu played five games this week anyway even with their cross-country trip and they still went four and one, and that's a big part of the reason why the Pirates are, are in the top ten now.
1: They're balling out. This, I mean, this is what we had envisioned last year. Yes, with ECU, we were a year too early, I guess. You know,
0: Mike Rooney, <laughs> our, our our friend Mike Rooney of ESPN, has you know talked before about this theory that it's not your best team that wins a title. Like, so Florida's best talent team was not last year; it was the year before, right? It was it was sixteen when they had Shore and Puck and. Uh, etc
1: i mean we've seen a lot we saw it with virginia virginia vanderbilt, vanderbilt
0: all did that i'm not saying ecu is winning the national championship but again i mean may, last year was supposed to be the more talented team last year was the year they had all the seniors and this year this year they're they're playing a, a whole lot better than they did a year ago
1: so you heard it here on this podcast first teddy says ecu is winning the national championship this <laughs> i think year. i explicitly okay, said okay pirate nation lesson. go ahead and, and quote <laughs> teddy on that and, uh, <laughs> you're going to be a popular man in Greenville, Teddy. I will be. Um, I, I
0: hope that, uh, that leads me to, uh, I don't know what, I don't know what they serve down in the jungle. Uh, but I'm sure there's, there's, there's gotta be some good food out there.
1: I would think there's good food everywhere. There's one thing I've learned from doing this job is there's good food everywhere. <laughs> you can find something.
0: <laughs> this is very true.
1: Um, so Mike, before we, uh, wrap this
0: up, um, I wanted to shout out, uh, and hopefully I get this name right, Scott Sunich, uh, lefty at Washington State, threw a no-hitter yesterday, uh, threw a no-hitter against Oregon, 7-0 victory. That is the first Cougars solo nine-inning no-hitter since 1976, and also no-hitter number like 1,000 this season, but uh, still impressive nonetheless.
1: Yeah. No doubt, and that's the the 18th no hitter. I believe the this? actual number is 18, although
0: there is some reporting issues on that.
1: But anyway, uh, <laughs> it's either 16 or 18. It's probably 18. But it's a, it's a lot. There have been a lot. There there are a lot of no hitters. Not a lot of hits. Um, Except for Drake. He's dropped a couple of hits these the past couple of weeks. You heard the newest one? That one was pretty good. I, I did not listen to it yet. No. It's, I, I, highly, I highly recommend it. Nice Would it be what? your
0: walk up music?
1: I think we're going to hear it as, as some walk up music uh, before long. Uh, which shout out to my shout out of the week is to Maryland. Uh, I was up at College Park this weekend. They've got some great walk up songs on that team. It's a lot of Drake, a lot of Chance the Rapper, some Travis Scott, some old school Dr. Dre. It's, it's uh, you know, it's a, a fun day at the yard and also, like, kind of like a fun night at the club kind of music. <laughs> so just shout out to Marilyn and, and the Terps for, you know, really having great taste. All right. Well, we'll uh, have
0: plenty more takes on uh, the walk-up music. Uh, I always have takes on the walk-up music over on Twitter, at Ted Cahill. Uh, Mike sometimes does. Sometimes he just has videos for you. Uh, fun videos at Emlin Anna. I try. Um, I try to keep it fun. Mike does his
1: best. I do my best. There are a lot of puns,
0: at least. You're, you're going to get that it. if you, if you I, follow
1: Mike. You'll, 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 I'll make it worth your time. I'll make it. Just go ahead. Give me that follow. Um, and
0: uh, you can follow all of our work over at uh, BaseballAmerica.com, of course. And uh, you can subscribe to this podcast on your favorite podcast uh, listening platform. We're on all of them. You can rate us if, if that's a thing that you want to do.
1: Uh, but we, and if you want to just come come listen to it, we could have a live studio audience here too. I mean, if we there's room in this room, there's room. We could have a we could fit at least probably like thirty people in here if we. I mean, it I might be a fire hazard. Yeah, I, I don't know what the I fire marshal says I, for this room, but yeah, I don't know. We'll have to look that up. But just just consider it. You know, you could go ahead and start lining up now for next week. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, I mean, next week we'll have a whole new top twenty-five to talk about.
0: Uh, and we'll be back here on Monday. Uh, and so yeah, I mean, we. We got some great content lined up throughout the week. Mike mentioned his Joey Bart story. We'll have a new projected field of 64 on Wednesday. And, yeah, then uh, next week, like I said, a whole new Top 25, a whole new podcast. And uh, we'll, we'll have fun talking about it then. So we want to thank you for tuning in to today's Baseball America College Podcast. I've been Teddy Cahill. He's been Mike Lanana. And we want to remind you that our college podcasts are sponsored by Health IQ. Health IQ helps health-conscious people get lower rates on their life insurance. Visit healthiq.com BA to see if you qualify. This concludes our program. Want more in-depth baseball coverage? Be a better fan. Visit baseballamerica.com to get more comprehensive baseball coverage.
1: After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold
0: reward.